You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition. That's fired up week five previews and picks. We'll start with Thursday night football in the early games, finish up late games, Sunday night, Monday night football preview and picks on Friday's program tomorrow at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Thank you, everybody, for making the Peacock and Williamson NFL show your first listen every single day. Matt, we first have to talk about, of course, th- this is, I don't know if, is this a thing? Is there like a time of day news drop that happens about five <laughs> minutes after we get done recording? We did yesterday's podcast, and, and I think we nailed a lot of it, but then it found, we found out the team that we didn't mention in the NFC, the Carolina Panthers. We thought they might have done their work with C.J. Henderson at corner. No, they weren't done. They have now traded for Stephon Gilmore. Uh, what are your thoughts there? And and then actually just an added note here, the Packers are closing in here. It looks like they have signed linebacker Jalen Smith, who was released by the Cowboys. So uh, both of those players snatched up pretty quickly after we covered uh, their exits from their previous teams on yesterday's show. But uh, the big one here is Stephon Gilmore, if not even a sixth this, uh, this coming draft. It's a 2023 sixth round pick, and the Panthers only have to pay five and a half million dollars of what's left of Stephon Gilmore's salary this year. So if he's anywhere near that shutdown guy that we've seen in the past, once he's eligible to come off the pup list in week six, I mean, that's a fantastic deal for the Carolina Panthers, right? I think so. I mean, as you predicted, you know, the, uh, the Patriots end up getting a pick out of it, although it's very, you know, mm-hmm. not a very valuable one, but they got something, you know, so that their little plan worked. I'm actually shocked it wasn't more, but so well. Oh, well. Um, I think some things are clear from the Panthers' perspective is they think they're good and they're trying to win now. This isn't a three-year project. I mean, they're ahead of schedule on the rebuild. Clearly, I mean, these last three corner moves going back to drafting J.C. Horn, which surprised some people. Remember, they took him over Sertain and, you know, uh, quarterbacks were available. Uh, they want to play, and they've already shown us this, a lot of man coverage. And they're going to be really fast on defense with corners that can cover uh, one-on-one. And they're going to be aggressive with their blitz packages and really fly around the field. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, the one thing I'm sure that they had to have talked to Gilmore's agent about is, you know, what's your contract situation? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, from what I understood with, with the Patriots was Gilmore was kind of – Holding out like he wasn't happy with the current deal he's under. So are they negotiating a long term deal? Did Gilmore have power to go to the teams he wanted? And I only mentioned that because, well, he he was a South Carolina Gamecock. And right. is that home for him? Is he excited to go back to that area of the country? Yep, and he was born and raised in South Carolina as well. So I didn't th- know that's that, okay. that's definitely a huge part of this. And I think maybe. The, the only part of this. I think that's why they got mm-hmm. so little. I think it turned out that the Panthers was the only team that this was going to work with. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said that they had interest yesterday when asked about uh, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, we heard that the Cowboys for sure had interest. So I think you can, you know, draw some conclusions about some of the teams that Bill Belichick and the Patriots had contacted at first. But it turns out uh, he had pretty much control over where he went. And I think that's what suppressed 
the trade value for him because he decided this is the team I'll go to and this is the team I'll go to without having a new contract right now. And Josina Anderson reported that he wanted something like, you know, 15 million per year on a new deal. So I don't know if that was just for every other team or, you know, in, in the end, it was probably just too difficult for other teams to put a put a deal together it would have cost more both dollars and draft picks so it just became too easy for the Panthers and so you know a little sometimes it's better to be lucky than good and I think that's what happened here with Scott Fitter and uh, you know a future sixth and 5.5 million dollars for just rolling the dice really on what could be a shutdown corner is is totally worth it for any team And it turns out I think reading the tea leaves here that the Panthers were the only team that had that opportunity. Yeah, it's, and that works out awesome for the Panthers. The way you spelled that out is perfectly because, you know, Gilmore had power here. And I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Like, Gilmore would be a hard guy for me to invest in at $15 million And, you know, he was okay last year, hasn't played this year. Yeah. He's up in age. I mean, I want to see these next 11, 12 games, whatever, whatever he gets on the field to see what I bought. But from the Panthers' perspective, and I'm sure he'd hate this, you can still franchise him after the year. You certainly can <laughs> extend him, or you rent him for a couple months, send him on his way, and you're going to get a better pick in return than the one you gave up for, in the comp world. I mean, you're going to get a third probably for him, and you gave up a six for him, and you got the rent him all year. That's what's wild is the yeah. comp pick in return in 2023 could be better just by letting him walk, and then you get J.C. Horn back next year, so he plays your horn role for you this year for the rest of the season as you try to get to the playoffs. You could let him walk. Maybe you resign him too, and you keep Henderson. You keep all three of those guys. I mean, that'd be a right. scary coverage group uh, to go against every week. But, I mean, I've already loved the direction the Panthers were going. I think they arrived quicker, and we'll find out long-term if maybe – the quarterback situation in the draft should have been the direction to go, but to get a, a stud defender and to go cheaper as far as trade or as far as you know, a draft pick spent for a quarterback in Sam Darnold and spending a second rounder there. One thing's for sure is Darnold's more ready to play early and maybe accelerated the window for the Panthers, who spent all of their draft picks in 2020 on the defensive side of the ball too. So a quick rebuild there for the Panthers and and bringing in guys like Sam Darnold this offseason, Stephon Gilmore, C.J. Henderson now, and and numerous other players and, and trades that Scott Fitterer has made. If the Panthers stay on this trajectory and keep winning games, I mean, you're looking at, I think, probably executive of the year type stuff here for the Panthers, who are uh, clearly a really good team. Are they a Super Bowl contender? And it uh, feels like they are. Feels like they really are. And right now, uh, right there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC South. Very impressive what they've built there. And I, I remember on this podcast like two years ago, I guess what probably when they when they signed Matt Rule saying, I don't know where this Panther team's gonna go, but in 2022, I bet this is their division. And my thoughts were Brady, Ryan, Breeze are the three quarterbacks you're competing against, and they were collectively like 125 yeah. years old. You know, like <laughs> it, so I mean it, it sets up pretty well in your division, too. I mean, assuming Brady retires someday that you could really be the king of this group, assuming Darnold is not a disaster, good, and I still think the O-line could use a, a, a boost or two, but that's probably next offseason's project. Let's finish up the Panthers portion of this podcast and talk about uh, a 10 a.m. football game Sunday, shall we? Then next oh, yeah. segment, we'll get into Thursday night football and some of the other 10 a.m. starts for Pacific timers like me. Uh, the the 1 p.m. starts for East Coasters like you. And, oh, yeah, I think there's a, a 6 a.m. start time for me over here in the Pacific time zone oh, with the London game as well. We'll cover some of those. But uh, let's just talk Panthers 
since we're talking about them right now. They are at 3-1 and one in Week 5, hosting the 1-3 and three Philadelphia Eagles. The Panthers at home, favored by 3. And with the way the Panthers are playing, uh, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of juice with this team. I feel like that's not enough. That is a, that is a line that means... If they were playing in, I forget what town you said, Akron, Ohio. What what town did you Wichita, say? Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, they're playing in Wichita, Kansas. That means it's an even line. I don't think that's right. I'm with you. I mean, just even like looking at the podcast or the power ranks I did yesterday, um, Philly's better than I thought, but they're still pretty far away from one another. Three's not enough, especially in Carolina's building. I do think Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, who's been awesome. I talked about that Carolina O-line could cause some serious problems. But I, I like Carolina's receivers, and maybe McCaffrey plays in this game against the back seven of the Eagles, which I think is very vulnerable. Um, Jalen Hurts has far surpassed my expectations. I, I wish the Eagles would run the ball more. If it's close, maybe they can do that. But I think Carolina has more firepower. And we talked about that Panther defense, which I think is pretty good. I'm going to lay the points. I am definitely going to lay the points in this game. The The run game is interesting, and it's it's uh, it's become a two-headed backfield, and it might even be to the point where Gainwell is is gaining on or has surpassed even and definitely has in the I passing game Miles Sanders. Right. I, I mean, interesting. It, 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 they drafted Gainwell. They didn't draft, draft Sanders. And a really telling thing people need to look at is when coaches – the co- or let me put it this way. Coaches have to trust you to no end for you to be the two-minute offense back because that's a lot of blitz pickup. It's a lot of hurry up. It's a lot of things are happening quick around here, diverse route tree, you know, and Gainwell's the two-minute back already. Like, I think they love him. They do love him, and he, he's producing. He's looking good out there in the, in that backfield. So that's one of the keys, uh, I think, defensively. That defensive line has to keep doing what they're doing. Javon Hargrave has been awesome for them. Maybe force Sam Darnold into some of his turnovers, which is the thing that can get him. And uh, the rookie, Devontae Smith, keep it going. Uh, the, the top three, yeah. I just yeah. saw a stat, the top three. Uh, pass catchers this year for rookies are all Alabama products, and actually it's Najee Harris, the running back, who has the most receptions. Oh, I didn't think of the third one. Yeah, okay. and and then Waddle and um, Smith, who had the most receptions so far as rookies, and it's never happened before where the three leading rookie receivers, uh, receptions-wise, are all from the same college, never been three out of the top uh, five before. Um, I don't know if that'll stay, but it should stay for It sure Devontae will, Smith. I think. Yeah. I mean, Smith is a target hog. Najee's a target hog. Waddle gets a million targets, a lot of them behind the line of scrimmage. You know, you guys like Rondell Moore and Elijah Moore aren't, you know, aren't doing it week after week. Uh, Jamar Chase. Wow, that's really a crazy set. Yeah, very interesting there. Okay, let's get to this London game next and Thursday night football along with a bunch of those early games on the week five slate. You know what I love about Rock Auto? Not only are they a family business and rockauto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you are into cars or even just a do-it-yourselfer with some minor repairs and minor parts here or there to keep your car in prime condition, you can find everything you need. You don't need to go to some chain store with their oddball pricing and never knowing what's in stock and never knowing what the guy on the other side of the counter is looking at on the screen. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or any account login. And they have literally everything. Blows my mind what they have in stock at RockAuto.com for your specific car, whether it be a classic or your daily driver. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Another good one, Thursday night football. The short week is rough for teams like the Seahawks and the Rams. The Rams have to travel to Seattle coming off a big loss in the NFC West to the Cardinals last week. Some major jockeying these two weeks in the NFC West with the Niners and Cardinals coming up as well Sunday. Um, Rams at 3-1, and one, Seahawks at 2-2. Two and two. Seahawks at home, but the Rams on the road favored by 2.5. I'm taking the Rams here. I mean, I think it's a real chore for most teams to go to Seattle on a Thursday night, unbelievably short week, awful place to play, night game, all those things. But the Rams have been around the block, and it's a division game. This goes back to the power ranks from yesterday a little bit, too. I mean, I think I had the Rams at 3 and Seattle at 11. I don't think they're in the same tier. I think Seattle has more holes. I think the Rams had somewhat of a letdown game last week, but I have no reservations about them. And – I'm a little concerned with the the new offensive coordinator in Seattle too. Like we're not seeing any of the things that were promised that came from Ramland. I kind of feel like we saw some in, in week one early and it's, it's gone away a little bit, you know, yeah. maybe they spent all off season getting ready for one game. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, there's our bag of tricks. Now what do we do? <laughs> That's the vibe right. I get. And uh, they were dominated early by the 49ers. 49ers offense, though, didn't uh, hold up their end of the bargain and let the Seahawks back in it. And there's definitely some holes on defense uh, for the Seahawks uh, that I think the Rams can take advantage of. I hate picking the road favorite against the Seahawks in Seattle. It, it's, yeah. it's pretty rare that that pays off. So I really hate this line. That's not something I put my own money on. And I think you can kind of throw out records too, with some of these NFC West matchups this year. Um, the, these are games are going to be so fun. So I'm excited to watch this game. Uh, I just have no idea what this is going to end up looking like. Uh, I think it might end up being high scoring. I think that lends to the Rams favor, uh, but the Rams did have a letdown last week against those Cardinals. So um, I guess against the spread, I'm going to say I wish it was three points. It'd be easier. I, I'll give up the <laughs> yeah. points and take the Rams because it's two and a half. If it was over a field goal, I'd probably go with the home dog here. Yeah, I, I, I'm not super confident about it, but I'm definitely taking the Rams. I just think they're the better team and are mm-hmm. prepared to handle these circumstances. How about this game in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London? It's kind of a snoozer with the teams that are playing. Two combined wins here between the Jets and the Falcons. Uh, The Falcons listed as the home team here. Obviously, we know it's not home for them. Um, It's even closer. uh, It's more like a home game for the Jets. I guess they're just slightly closer than than the Falcons are to London. Uh, But the Falcons favored by three here. I just saw an interesting stat about Mike Davis, who last week had more yards after contact than he had total rushing yards. So that means he's getting hit in the backfield. Um, Yeah. It's just at an absurd rate. The offensive line is not playing well there. I think the Jets might have turned a corner with their rookie quarterback last week. Um, this is definitely not a home game that's going to help them out. Two bad teams. I feel like I just want to take the points no matter who is who is going to get them. So uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. It's hard to take the Jets, but against the Falcons in London is a game where it's I, just, I have no idea, so I'll just take those three points. Yeah, me too. I mean, bad teams. I agree with everything you said, so give me the points. But I do think things have looked up for both these teams a little bit lately. I mean, they're not going to be contenders. But back to what you said, I mean, 
I think Quinn and Williams and Robert Salah's defensive front, I mean, they got after Tannehill last week. I think they'll do the same with Ryan, who doesn't get out of the way at all, uh, enough to keep this thing close. And I think Wilson is, you know, took a step forward. I mean, he may take three steps back this week and throw five picks. But, you know, having Crowder there helps and sort of a safety blanket type of guy. Um, One scheduling note, I don't know that I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but just kind of rubs me wrong that now that we have 17 games, half the teams in the league, the AFC, have nine home games and the NFC have eight. Okay? Everybody can follow that, right? Well, next year that'll flop. The NFC of nine, the AFC of eight. Well, this game is counted as an Atlanta home game. So they only get seven. Oh, they get, <laughs> so know, they like, have two more road games. Jets home game? Yeah, that's rough. It should be, <laughs> right. it should be an uh, AFC team that at least gets that London home game. Right, right. I mean, usually it's the Jags and stuff. Not that they count. Yeah, but that's kind of short. You know, there'll only be seven games in Atlanta Stadium this year. Urban Meyer might have better luck walking the streets of uh, London right now than Jacksonville. So maybe that would be good for the Jaguars to be <laughs> right, over yeah, to get out of the country. He may not come back. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, who's that guy with the mustache over there? It looks kind of like Urban Meyer. <laughs> Fake nose and glasses, yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. That's, yeah, 6.30 a.m. That's a tough one. I do not think I'm going to catch that kickoff. I don't even love 9.30. Yeah. Maybe the second half. Maybe the second half of that one. Uh, Matt Ryan, though, did. It seemed like, you know, I don't know if the whole Cordero Patterson's going to keep, but um, would like to see a lot more of their rookie tight end there and Kyle Pitts being involved, but Matt Ryan did have a good week last week and let's see if that continues for the Jets offense because the running game's not working but uh, I have my doubts about that that line which really hurts the Falcons and they can't really play D either so uh, let's move on from that no. game to the Packers at one last thing fantasy note kind of I would dump Corderell and I would be shopping for Pitts and Ridley right now I like it uh, yeah, yes yeah buy buy high and buy sell high and buy low on, on that Whatever combination that, yeah. of players absolutely the Packers at Bengals, both teams three and one here. Let's find out what these Cincinnati Bengals are all about, right? Taking on those three and one Packers. This is a pretty cool game um, because I like those barometer games, and I think it's still early enough in the season. We don't exactly know everything about these teams, and it, this is about part of the season that we that we really start to find out. Yeah, and that's exactly what I think this is. I think this is more about Cincinnati in their building than it is about Green Bay. Uh, it's a three point line. Last I saw, is that what you got it at? Uh, three points. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm still going to take the Packers, and that's not a an indication that, boy, Cincy stinks and they're going to fall back to being one of the worst teams in the league and they can't hang. But I do think the, the Packers are a stiff test, and Rodgers is just so good at if you make any little mistake, he sticks a dagger in your heart. And I don't know that Cincy's going to be a mistake-free type of team. Um, they have some big play weapons. I think Green Bay wins this game by a touchdown or so. Uh, I, I have to take Green Bay here. I, I don't like all these away favorites this week, but um, I'm going to go ahead and, t- and take the Packers here, and uh, we'll see if the Bengals can prove us wrong. But I still have some doubts about them defensively, even though they've played better. Uh, I love Burrow. Jamar Chase obviously is a huge, big weapon for them, and a banged-up Jair Alexander. Maybe they can take advantage of that Packers defense a little bit. I, I mean, I have all the faith in the world in Burrow in, the, in that passing game. I don't think Mixon's going to play. I think that's kind of a big deal. I'm not sure about Higgins. I think he comes back, but I, it's a great barometer game, and I, I very much expect uh, Burrow in particular to pass that test. I'm kind of talking myself into taking that home dog. You know, we better move along. I, I'm going to stick with the Packers and give up three points. It's only a field goal. I think I feel confident about that one. How about this one? 
NFC North Action Lions at Vikings. The Lions are 0-4. Uh, the Vikings at 1-3. And, and uh, it's an odd for uh, a Week 5, 1-3 team to be favored by 9.5 points. That's a lot of points, but obviously they're taking on the Vi- the Lions, and that's why. And it's hard to get teams to – it's hard to hit, get betters to bet on the Lions, so it's got to be a big line. Uh, I just talked about the the home favorites. How about a home underdog? Nine and a half points? Oof, I almost want to take the Lions here against that spread, not straight up. But uh, And I think I'm going to do it. I think they can keep it close enough. Can they keep it within 10 points? Yeah, it's a big number. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I'm still going to take the Vikings, and I think they're a little bit of a buy low after last week's. You know, if, if you didn't really study that game, you thought the Vikings D or offense was just horrendous and it wasn't good. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as bad as the box score showed. They got to the red zone a lot and couldn't convert, you know, like things like that. I still think against a bad pass rush of Detroit, the cousins and those guys will do fine. Not sure how much Dalvin cook will see, but the numbers not wonderful. I thought this might be like a seven and a half type of game, but I'm still going to take many. You know, I'm going to flip. I'm just looking at this Lions team. They lost their best player probably in Frank Ragnow. Uh, And Miles Garrett obviously is not walking through the door for the Detroit Lions to do what what he did to the the Vikings offense last week. So, you know, I guess 10 points. Why not? Uh, and, And I like the fight that the Lions have in him, but they're just severely undermanned. Broncos at Steelers, 3-1 Broncos on the road at your Steelers. How are we feeling about your Steelers right now, Matt? And Big Ben sounds like he's going to go, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I mean, he has a peck and a, and a hip, and next year, uh, next week he'll have something, I'm sure, too. And, you know, old man body hurts, and he always is fighting something anyway. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to go. Steelers are pretty healthy all in all. You know, they've had some injuries this year, but they're going to be pretty healthy. Uh, Claypool will be back. Um, I just saw this today. I mean, I don't jump on betting lines to start the week and things like that. But do you have this at one? That's what I saw last. Yeah, it's nearly a pick. Uh, this is an oddball when it's it's Pittsburgh favored by one at home. What Where I was going with that, though, is this game opened with the Steelers as four and a half point favorites all the way down to one. Whoa. And the over under has gone down either six and a half or seven points since the line opened. It's down to like 10. That's just, <laughs> that's just a bad line. Yeah, the, the over-under I'm seeing is 39 and a half now, which seems more like it. The, the over-under should not have been whatever it was, 46 to start, if that's the case. Yeah, I'll lay the point. I think the Steelers win this one at home, um, but it's going to be first one to 13 wins. I mean, Von Miller might have three sacks. DJ Watt might have three sacks. You know, just a lot of run 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 punt you know i've been previewing this game saying every drive that ends with a kick is fine you know just uh and we probably aren't going to see bridgewater either so if it was teddy i'd probably take the broncos i think lock probably throws two to the steelers and that's enough we might get some news on teddy b today there was some talk that thursday which is today he could return to practice in some shape or form so they might have teddy which would help me pick the broncos here um Mm -hmm. and and this is an odd one i feel like the broncos and steelers are just two oddball teams in pittsburgh this is a tough game for me to pick but i just haven't liked at all what i've seen from the steelers so if i get a point with the three and one broncos and kind of cross my fingers that teddy b plays i think i gotta take it i i hear you i mean i i will tell you right now the crowd will be very much in the steelers favor 
until Ben stinks and then they'll turn on him. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. That's rough. That's a rough situation for this guy you've rooted for for years who's a Hall, right. of, Famer, Hall of Famer. And then you, right, right. But you don't really want to see him in there anymore. The Dolphins at Buccaneers, the one and three Dolphins in a bad spot right now, have not liked at all what I've seen from Jacoby Brissett as he took over from Tua there at quarterback. Uh, I feel like the rest of the team has underperformed as well. And then you've got the Buccaneers coming in at three and one, such a big matchup they had last week, and now they're at home. Uh, it, obviously, this line was going to be big in the, the Bucks' favor in the state of Florida. Uh, not a long trip for the Dolphins, but Tampa Bay by 10 points here. I think Tampa's a much better team. Again, power ranks, they were third or fourth. Miami was like 26 or something yesterday. I wonder if Miami's D and Zayvon Howard and the, the head coach and the scheme can keep this thing close and, and hit that number because I don't think Miami's going to score 13 points. I mean, I, I really think their line against Vea and Sue and all those guys is going to be a real problem. I'm not sure if the Bucks beat up corner situation is something Miami can take advantage of right now with their line and quarterback. Ooh, I think the Bucks against the Patriots last week was a bit of an anomaly that they're a better team than what we saw on national TV. There were a lot of circumstances involved. So I guess I'll lay the points, but Flores' defense worries me a little bit with that many. Ten points is a lot, and the yeah. Buccaneers, looking at their, they haven't covered ten points, uh, I don't think, against anybody all year. They won by two. They won by, oh, they did cover against the Falcons. They beat the, Fal the Falcons big, but then they lost to the Rams, and they won oh, by right. two over the Patriots last week, and it could be a similar style game, not in the rain to the Patriots, but obviously a similar, similar style defense, a team that knows how to face Tom Brady. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like ten points is a lot, but gosh, I wish they were, you know, at least if, if Miami was at home or something. Um, right. It's this is just one Miami's of the games. hard to bank on. Yeah, I mean, I have to. We have to pick it for the show. I would not be putting my own money on this one, but uh, I don't know. I, it's been the theme this week. Why not? Let's go with another road team. So I'll take those ten points. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. I, I think that they can. They can keep it close, but man, that, that Miami offense is hard to bank against Brady right now. The Bills were the only team this year to beat the Dolphins by more than 10 points. Yeah, that doesn't change my mind. Yeah, and that could definitely be a similar style game to the Bills game, which was... It could be. It could be a 45 <laughs> nothing type of game, yeah. Uh, I hate that one. I just hate this one. Obviously, yeah, Bucks straight up, but um, whatever. I'll take 10 points. That's a lot of points. Next, we've got Saints, Washington, Eagles, Panthers, Titans, Jaguars, and Patriots, Texans. Can we get all those games in? I think we can. Let's finish up the 10 a.m. for the West Coasters, the 1 p.m. games for the East Coasters next. Major League Baseball playoffs. My wife being a Dodgers fan, it's going to be an interesting week for sure there. And we're starting to learn a lot about these NFL teams, of course, which could impact your betting strategies, of which you can put into place at betonline.ag. Over-unders. MVPs, Rookie of the Year. There are a number of different things you can bet on when it comes to the NFL, college football. There are odds, props, contests, uh, an updated site interface, and Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. You can find news at betonline.com. 
AG. If you don't want to bet on the NFL, there is basketball, boxing, baseball, Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available this season and use promo code locked on to get a welcome bonus. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Matt. We talked about it in your power rankings. Two teams that were very similar ranked. Two teams that are both two and two. Uh, two teams that we both had no idea what to think about them week to week <laughs> right. are now playing each other. Like, I don't know what the hell to do with this game. Washington at home is a dog. So give me the home dog because uh, that's about the only thing I can figure out with these two teams is, is play the line more so than try to figure out what's going on with these two football teams. Yeah, I, I mentioned this yesterday. The Saints were my hardest team to power rank. They're very up or down. I think they're well coached, but they're just so lacking in weapons. Uh, can the Washington defense not be terrible? You know, I mean, they've been bad. I'm going to take Washington at home getting points, but this is a big stay away game for me. Um, I, I don't know that Gibson has a big day or Heineke. I mean, I can see him throwing a couple picks in this game. But I, I don't know what to think of the Saints. If the Saints were getting one, I'd probably take the Saints. I don't like the way the Saints are going. Um, yeah. Just the, the, the way the offense is playing and the style of offense they're playing feels very – it's just so much different than all of their winning ways under Drew Brees, obviously. you know, And Sean Payton's still there, but you've got Alvin Kamara who's setting career records for carries – and not getting any receptions. It's like, that's, right, that's right. just, uh, that's not the Backwards, way things should go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take Washington in those points, but that's a, that's a stay away game for sure. hundred percent. How about the Tennessee Titans who are at the Owen four Jaguars, the Jaguars locker room, turning on their head coach, everything ugly there uh, on the road. The Titans at two and two are favored by four and a half points. And I feel like uh, it's probably not enough points even though I don't hate the Jaguars talent-wise, it's just how could you bet on the Jaguars at this point? Yeah, I mean, I know Tennessee just lost to the Jets, but I think this line should be Tennessee minus eight. I mean, it's a familiar opponent. I think they'll get at least one of their receivers back, if not both. I mean, the That's whole huge. distractions of the Jags right now, and um, you know, they're they're searching on both sides of the ball. The defense isn't very good. Doesn't this just seem like that game where Henry runs for 230 yards and stiff arms 10 people on 80-yard runs and, you know, just dominates the game? Yeah, you and, get back Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, and everyone's pissed off because they lost last week to a bad team, and you're fired up, and you're right. facing a division opponent who's sort of down and out right now, uh, and, you know, just bad vibes. It's, it feels like it's going to be hard for the Jaguars to get up for their coach and play right now. It could be, it's just a bad scenario. I think for the Jaguars to get ambushed by a Titans team that bounces back from a, a bad loss last week. And assuming the, our predictions, right, this will be the 20th straight loss for the Jags. Only the expansion bucks have done that in the history of the league. I mean, 20 losses in a row is hard to do in this league. It is hard to do. <laughs> it is hard to do, but uh, that's, that's some strong pedigree to try to bet against right now. So yes, Anyway, let's go to the Patriots at Texans. The Pats are the Pats are tanking, right? Not quite tanking, but I mean, you're trading away one of your guys that was supposed to help you win some games uh, after Week Six of this season. You got a rookie quarterback in there. Things are not going well for a one and three Patriots team. Obviously, you got to pick them to win against the Texans straight up. 
But as far as where the Patriots are going this season, it's an odd feeling about the Patriots. Even last year when they weren't doing well, I didn't feel this way about the Patriots where it's like, okay, this is a, a complete rebuild, I guess. What'd you say the line was on this one? Uh, big, I did not say it? yet, but it is a big line. Nine points on the road for the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, Davis Mills looks like he shouldn't be out there. There's nothing around him. Belichick kills rookie quarterbacks, and that's not an accident. I'm sure he's twisting his mustache, you know, thinking of all the things he can throw at this <laughs> young guy and totally destroy him. I just don't know the Patriots should be favored by nine over anybody. I mean, I feel like they might need a defense or special team score to get there. And that certainly could happen. Davis could throw four picks and one of them goes to the house. I just don't think new England's explosive enough on offense to blow teams out. You know, what's funny is I I thought the same way, but I think it's such a good point about rookie quarterbacks. And then, so you go back and look at their schedule this year and all their games are pretty close. Uh, Obviously lost by two to the bucks. They lost by one to the dolphins in week one, but when they face a rookie quarterback in week two on the road, the jets, they beat up on them 25 to six. Yeah. So that was their one win this year. And uh, you just have to think it could be a very similar situation with the Texans. So uh, as much as I don't like this bet and I've hated most of the lines this week, it's not a good line to throw down your harder and cash on. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm going to give up the points here just because I have no faith in the Texans putting up any points at all. So this could be, I mean, it could be 10, nothing. I have no idea, but I think they can cover the nine points, kick a few field goals and the Texans are not going to score much. This is definitely put a one chip down if I have to bet it type of one. Right. Least exactly. confident I could be. Exactly. Okay, those are the early start time games and Thursday night football from week five. Tomorrow, we've got Bears Raiders to preview and make some picks of this Browns Chargers game I'm excited about. Niners cards, Giants Cowboys and divisional matchups. We've got Bills Chiefs on Sunday night football, Colts Ravens on Monday night. So we'll make our picks for those and break down everything we saw on Thursday night football with this Rams Seahawks game right here tomorrow. Make it your first listen. Appreciate all the listeners out there that that come with us every day on this journey of the 2021 NFL season. And we'll keep it going tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.